0: This is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How's everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You, beloved, are to never give up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, my brothers and sisters. What we talking about today? Well, I'm talking about how you and I must take our salvation seriously. You want to know why? Our eternal future depends on it. Beloved, let us be uber, super clear that as born-again children of the Most High God, washed and forgiven by the shed blood of Jesus, who died for our sins on the cross and rose the third day, we walk in the newness of life. Yes, my brothers and sisters, for we are born again of the Spirit, those who are baptized into Christ remain in him forever and benefit from what he has done on our behalf, which was what? Diverting the wrath of God from us, who, by the way, rightly deserve every bit of hell's fire, but Christ Jesus paid the penalty For our wrongdoing by becoming a sacrificial lamb and through his atoning sacrifice, we now have right standing with God. His blood was shed on the mercy seat of God. Christ Jesus has reconciled sinful man to holy God, but we must repent. We must have a change of mind to be remorseful, agreeing with God that I am a filthy, wretched sinner that needs to be saved. And then once we are in the family of God, Experiencing the free gift of salvation. Now that we are born again, we are commanded by God to bear good fruit, to live a life in appreciation for what he has done for us. And we are to avoid and shun any teaching, any doctrine that, that that goes against the wholesome, sound doctrine of Jesus Christ. Oh, beloved, that was a mouthful. Listen, Paul says, we are to walk in newness of life. Yes, we are to walk in this this restored, reconciled, wonderful new relationship with Holy God. And not only that, but we are to love the brethren. Beloved, let us take it from the top. Because what I'm so loving about this podcast, this platform is that holy spirit is teaching me too listen i may be the one vocalizing these lessons that i get from holy spirit but guess what i'm i'm still also a student of the spirit these exhortations and lessons guess what they edify me too yes i go back and i listen to the podcast, too. So, most of you already know my backstory, right? Because what I love about Romans chapter 6, and again, you all know how I love me some Romans chapter 6, because again, I believed with every bit of my fiber that I was born again from 2002 all the way to 2019. But guess what, beloved? Up until 2019, I was playing around with my salvation. Why? Because I was of the camp of prosperity gospel, name it and claim it, blab it and and grab it. And the biggest lie going Once saved, always saved. So, while I believed that, oh, I was on the fast track to heaven, meanwhile, I'm in two, not one, but two adulterous remarriages. Because I had the misinterpretation about divorce and remarry. Long story short, Christ taught that if you divorce and you have a living spouse and you remarry, well, you commit adultery. Why? Because that first marriage is still valid in the sight of God. Man can churn out divorce certificates as if they are tic-tacs. Holy God says that The only way that a marital vow is fulfilled is death of one of the partners. If your first spouse is still alive in the earth and you have remarried, Jesus says you are an adulterer or an adulteress. And this applies to both sinner and saint. So if you are born again And if you are in an adulterous remarriage, you won't be going to heaven. You are what Jesus says is an adulterer. And you can say, well, I prayed and asked for forgiveness and he forgave me. So I get to stay. No, you do not. First of all, okay, complete sidebar. Thank you, Holy Spirit. If we... No, 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 not if. When we receive forgiveness of a sin, right, we do not get to remain in that sin. Because if you get to stay in your sin as an adulterer, having been forgiven, and you can still sleep with that adulterous partner, well, then the homosexual can get back to their perversion. The liar can continue to lie. The fornicator can continue to sleep around. The the drunkard can get as high as a flying kite and still make it into heaven. The unbeliever can actually abandon Jesus and still go to heaven. Now, beloved, I ask you, do that make any sense? Because Christ Jesus set the pattern about how once he forgives you, he shows us how to now live going forward. Just like over there in John eight eleven, he told the woman, who was caught in the very act of adultery, to go and sin no more. He just finished telling her, well, I don't condemn you either. Go and sin no more. And yes, all of Christ Jesus' teachings are for us in the 21st century, us New Testament saints. We follow, listen, and obey Jesus Christ's teachings, whether they came directly from Him or through or through His apostles. So we come out from any dogma, any teachings that goes against that is contrary to His word. So back to my little story, right? Here I am thinking I'm born again, but oh no no, I'm a I not only am I an adulterer, but I'm a liar. I was suicidal. I was homicidal. But I'm thinking because I said the sinner's prayer that I'm still good to go. No, no, and a big fact no girl. No. So it wasn't until 2019 when I finally heard the real gospel. Because let me tell you, beloved, when you meet the real Jesus Christ, he changes your life. Your life will be turned upside down for the good, let me tell you. So this is why I love Romans chapter 6. So after we leave Romans chapter 6... Quickly, we're going to make our way over to chapter 8. And then, I want to go over to 1 John chapters 2, 3, and 5. Yes, I know. You guessed it. It is cracking open the Bible day today. But before that, let us pray. Father, oh my heavenly Father in the name of christ jesus hallowed be thy holy righteous name father may your kingdom come may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven thank you for forgiving us of our sins and we forgive those who have sinned against us thank you for our daily bread. Thank you that even though we have physical bread to eat, thank you that we live on every word that proceeds out of your mouth. Thank you for sanctifying us. Thank you for setting us apart from this wicked, evil, vile world. Thank you. Thank you for sending the Lord Jesus Christ to this world to to lay down his sinless, blameless, perfect life on our behalf. Christ Jesus made atonement for our sins, reconciling us back to you. His precious blood was sprinkled on the mercy seat of god thank you father thank you my lord jesus for going to the cross suffering and dying on my behalf thank you for being the propitiation that held back The wrath of God that is no longer on those who through repentance received the free gift of salvation that we could not have earned no matter what we could have done. It is only through your shed blood that we are forgiven and made whole and now have right standing with the Father. Thank you, my Lord. Thank you. Thank you for being our good shepherd. That your true sheep, we follow you. We listen to your voice. We obey your teachings and commandments and you said that your true sheep, no man, no false teacher with their high sounding nonsense, destructive heresies and empty philosophies can ever snatch us out of your hand and you said you will give us eternal life those who listen follow and obey you Oh, teach us your word today lord father may the holy spirit move on me open my mind to the scriptures i ask for wisdom discernment and may the holy spirit as he wills bestows his gift upon me and my brothers and sisters for we eagerly accept them father I pray that today's lesson bring you glory and I pray that my life and the lives of your children bring you glory and honor And produce fruits of righteousness. I pray for the saints. That we hold fast to your word. That we stick close to you. And stick close to our Lord Jesus Christ. May we never grieve Holy Spirit. In Jesus mighty name. I give you all the glory. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. All right, beloved. So listen, before we head over to Romans 6, right, and then on to chapter 8, and lastly, 1 John 2, 3, and 5, let us begin with Colossians chapter 3. Listen, I know this is a lot of text we have to get through today, but the Holy Spirit wants us to be learned. He does not want us to be unlearned and thus be taken as prey and not to mention to be led astray. So here we go. Okay. Because again, this is about putting on the new self because that's how the third chapter of Colossians starts off. So here we go. Therefore. If you have been raised with Christ to a new life, sharing in his resurrection from the dead, keep seeking the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind and keep focused habitually on the things above. The heavenly things, not on things that are on the earth, which are only, which have only temporal value for you died. See, beloved, you died to this world and your new real life is hidden with Christ in God. Listen, when Christ who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Amen. Verse 5, so, okay, bearing in mind, having said all of that, Paul is like, so, put to death and deprive of power the evil longings of your earthly body with its sensual Self-centered instincts, immorality, impurity, sinful passion, evil desire, and greed, which Paul says is a kind of idolatry. Why? Because it replaces your devotion to God. And then Paul goes on in verse 6, And because of these sinful things... The divine wrath of God is coming on the sons of disobedience. Those who fail to listen and who, but it says, those who fail to listen and who routinely and obstinately disregard God's precepts. And in these sinful things, you also, remember, once walked when you were habitually living in them without the knowledge of Christ. Amen. Verse 8, but now, okay, because see, Paul reminded us how we used to live, right? But he's saying, thank you, Holy Spirit. He's saying, but now. Now, rid yourselves completely of all, of all these things. Here we go with the colon. That means a list is coming our way. So here we go. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and obscene, abusive, filthy, vulgar language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, for you have stripped off the old self with its evil practices and have put on the new spiritual self, who is being continually renewed in true knowledge in the image of him who created the new self. Amen. A renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew. Oh, beloved. Listen, I'm going to stop it right there. You all can finish out that chapter. However, let me touch on verse 17, okay? I'm only cutting that short because for time's sake, okay? But if we come down to verse 17, because, yes, Holy Spirit, for me, and I know for you, too, that this here sums it all up. Whatever you do, no matter what it is, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in dependence on him giving thanks to god the father through him amen glory hallelujah so here we go romans chapter 6 i truly believe why i love romans chapter 6 so much because it's all about how how believers are dead to sin and alive to God. Okay, let's read it. So Paul was like, what shall we say to all of this? Because see, what, yes, 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 yes. What makes romans chapter 6 just so hard hitting because obviously it's picking up from verse i mean from chapter 5 go and and read chapter 5 because for paul to open up with a question is telling so listen what shall we say to all of this Should we continue in sin and practice sin as a habit so that God's gift of grace may increase and overflow? Certainly not. How, listen, how can we, the very ones who died to sin, continue to live in it any longer? Amen. Because see, beloved, What was happening then is still happening today. Because God's grace is so amazing, people keep trying Him. Seeing how much sin they can do before He turns them into a reprobate. Because as I was sitting up under that whole damnable prosperity gospel with with all of their tenants on once saved, always saved... They love to teach on that how God's grace is so amazing and full, which it, which it is. And that how we cannot ever out his amazing grace. Because as sin abounds, well, grace much more abounds. Well, so just like Paul had the insight, here we go, that have discernment. So you mean to tell me that I can sin so much that God's grace must ascend, no, must abound even higher. Well, what we talking about here then? Because it sounds like to me, you telling me that I can disobey God, I can sin up to the high heavens, and God's grace will still cover me anyway because I can't outsend His grace? <sighs> Beloved, that's a setup. That's a setup for you being banished to that lake of fire playing around with these charismatics listen okay should we continue in sin and practice sin as a habit so that God's gift of grace may increase and overflow certainly not how can we the very ones who died to sin continue to live in it any longer huh Paul is asking a question because beloved, whether you want to agree with this or not, we have died to sin. Listen, we listen, we ain't got no business still willfully, deliberately, blatantly, and habitually still be sinning. No, beloved. Listen, Paul was like in verse three, where we at Romans six, or are you ignorant of the fact that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death, his death. We have therefore been buried with him through baptism into death, so that just, listen, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory and power of the Father, well, we too might walk habitually, that means living habitually in newness of life, abandoning our old ways. For if we have become one with him, right? Permanently united in the in the likeness of his death, we will also certainly be one with him and share fully in the likeness of his resurrection. Amen. Beloved, it just stands to reason. Listen, verse 6, okay? We know that our old self, right? Our human nature without the Holy Spirit was nailed to the cross with him in order that our body of sin, Paul is talking about that flesh man, that our body of sin might be done away with. So that we would no longer be slaves to sin. And beloved, let me tell you. Once I got born again, for real, for real. That verse right here, Romans 6. It's like literally. The light came on. Oh, sin has been done away with. So Sin no longer controls me. So if I do sin, it's because I want to sin. Not that, you know, I'm still a slave. Christ has set me free. But, beloved, trust me. When you are serving a fake Jesus Who is all about Christmas and Easter and you live in your best Tesla, Chanel, Gucci, Prada life now. You will always still be a slave to sin because I couldn't figure out. It was like, I know. How I'm living is not all the way right, but I'm trying. But was I really trying? Are you really trying? When you keep saying, God ain't finished with me. Oh, he's still dealing with me. No, beloved. Those are excuses. It's called defending your sin. No, beloved. Uh-uh. No. We have been set free Look at what Paul is saying. He's saying that we know, right? Verse 6, we know that our, our old self, our human nature without the Holy Spirit, that was when we were sinners, okay? Complete sinners sold out to the devil. Whether you knew it or not, we were sold out to him, okay? This is here? Because we know that our old self, our human nature without the Holy Spirit was nailed to the cross with Christ. See, beloved? And it's like once you get that understanding, you died. Your old sinful nature was nailed, crucified with Christ. And so, right back in 2019, I'm telling you, at the stroke of midnight coming into 2020 as I as I was fleeing from <laughs> for my life okay that's another story but i truly repented i said lord i'm tired of living like this i want to serve you i i don't want to live how I was living. I'm, I'm I'm seeing in your word. I'm not living right. Although I I believe that I'm born again, but no, Lord, save me. You know what I mean? It, it wasn't some 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 said prayer. It was just crying out from my heart. And then, so that whole night, I'm I'm meditating in Romans chapter six, and then Cause prior to that, cause let me tell you something. I knew something was up spiritually with me because that summer of 2019, like things were, were, were shifting spiritually for me. It was like, I was seeking righteousness. It was, it was like, because I'm looking around my life. I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm not beat for this. And one thing I must say. You see, I'm I'm not sure if I was born again or not. Because see the Lord told me what, what my problem was. I had not put on the new man. So I don't know if he meant that I wasn't born again or I was born again, but I had not completely turned from sin. And that was obvious. I had not. And so it was like that summer of 2019. I'm like, mm you no, know, he gotta go. I'm leaving. I'm not sticking around for this I, and then I kept hearing and pulling of the Lord. He it was like it was like he was drawing me to him. And so now I'm in the word like for real for real. And then I'm starting to hear the voice of the Lord. And I'm um, now, obviously, it wasn't like this audible outside voice. It was like I heard it in my spirit. I didn't know what was happening. All I knew was that the word was drawing me. And I'm looking at the words on the pages. And I'm telling you, beloved, it seemed as if these words were living and breathing. It was like I can feel God's heart beat with every page. And then the Lord directed my path to a sister in Christ who was preaching on repentance, giving us the real deal Holy Field by Holy Spirit, that if we don't stop it, none of us are going to make it. And now, oh, I'm really in the Bible now because I want to see what she's talking about because, see, I thought I was good to go. And then I came across, now, I have read these scriptures, but see, I was only a hearer only and not a doer. And so now I'm looking at Galatians 2.20, saying how I have been crucified with Christ. And for some reason, it started clicking, right, right? I've been crucified, so why am I still living in the flesh? I've been crucified with Christ, I, meaning that old sinful nature, no longer lives. So, I've been crucified with Christ, it is I who no longer live this life. What life? This born-again life that I now live? I live it by faith in the son of God cause see now Christ is in me and once you realize how he suffered and died and went through this horrific bloody brutal violent death on our behalf because because he loved us I'm telling you if that don't affect you beloved you listen, you are a cold piece of work. I'm not condemning you. I'm saying is that you are so callous and so 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 seared in your conscience that we don't even take into account what all he has done for us. Yes, we know he died on the cross and he rose on the third day and he's in heaven right now sitting at the right hand of God. But 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 when you look at the bloody details how it all went down just so we don't face the wrath of God. I'm telling you, it moves you in a vein that you don't even want to sin because you know what Christ endured for our freedom and that we no longer want to live as enemies of God. I'm telling you, it changes your life. I'm a witness. That's why I'm giving this testimony. We must live clean and holy. Those of us who have called on the name of the Lord to be saved, we must turn from iniquity. Christ, listen, okay? Because he is not confused about any of this. The Bible says he knows Those who are his. Now we can say all day. Yeah, I belong to Christ. But it is Christ. Is he saying the same thing about you? Thank you, Holy Spirit. And this is where we must wake ourselves up. Do Christ know you? Because he tells us in Matthew 7. Many, many he is going to say to them. On the day, capital D, on the day of judgment, depart from me. I never knew you, you worker of iniquity, and these are the ones who call him Lord, Lord. So I don't know about you, beloved, but I'm telling you, it turned the lights on for me. So listen, back over here, right? Romans 6. We just finished reading verse 6 about how our our human nature without the holy spirit was nailed to the cross with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with so that we would no longer be slaves to sin for verse 7 the person who has died with Christ has been freed from the power of sin amen and i was like yo what it's like i'm telling you when i say the lights came on they came on listen verse 8 now okay settle down now if we have died with christ right we believe that we will also live together with him because we know the self-evident truth that Christ, having been raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has power over him. Amen. For the death that he died, he died to sin. Ending, ending is power and paying the sinner's debt once and for all. And the life that he lives, he lives to glorify God in unbroken fellowship with him. Amen. And look at verse 11. Paul is like, even so. That means consider this to reckon this. Therefore, consider yourselves just like Christ, okay? Consider yourselves to be dead to sin. Paul is like, listen, Christ died, right? He died to sin. And not only that, but ending its power and paying our debt once and for all, right? And the life that he now lives, he lives to glorify God in unbroken fellowship with him. And Paul was like, even so. That means just like Christ, you too. You too consider yourselves to be dead to sin and your relationship to it broken, but alive to God in unbroken fellowship with him. In Christ Jesus. Amen. Beloved. Yes, Holy Spirit. This is how we must look at our lives. Not as saints trying to make it into heaven. No. We have been set free from the bondage and mastery and control and dominance of sin. We have been set free. Christ took care of it. Christ took care of it for us. So going forward, do we still live in it? Absolutely not. And that's the question Paul opened up. Because see, some were taking God's grace as a license to sin. And Paul is like, what? No, 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 stop it. We who have died to sin, how could we? It's like, how could you live in it any longer? Remember, hello, you died to sin. So why are you still being controlled by it? Huh? Paul is waking us up. How could you, the very ones who have been crucified with Christ, sin no longer controls you. So why are you still sinning? The reason why you're still sinning is because you want to and you think God is playing. Mm-hmm. You and I thought God was playing with that lake of fire and some still thinks He's playing. That's why they have not come up out of their sins, the sins that they go to bed in, wake up in, glorying in it, and have no problem to say, well, God's grace got me covered. I asked for forgiveness. Therefore, I'm good to go. No, you're not. You are deceived and you are living in self-delusion. Repent. Repent. Come up out of that adulterous remarriage, stop smoking that weed, put away the porn, stop masturbating, stop slandering, get that spirit of Cain off of you. Stop trying to destroy one another in the in the brotherhood. Stop it. Stop it. And the reason why you are not stopping it, beloved, I'm telling you, you better You better, because time is running out, you better re-examine where you are in the faith because you may not be born again. I'm telling you, I almost died in my sins believing I was born again. I'm telling you, I'm being sent as a witness. God is not playing with his children. We, too, can still get it if we think he's playing Take your salvation seriously. Beloved, think about it. It's like we are born and then we die. It may seem like a long time, like 70 years, 80 years, even like 104 years may seem like a lifetime to humans. But that's nothing compared to eternity. And that's where Jesus is. And one day we will all, unless he returns before then, but we all have an appointment with death. Hebrews 9 27 says, It is appointed. What it says here? As it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. Yes, beloved, we as believers will stand in judgment on the day when Christ returns to to either give out rewards or toss those whose names have not been found written in the Lamb's book of life. So there will be judgment for the righteous and for the unrighteous. Now, which line are you truly in? Yeah, because see, that's the question. We all must ponder, all of us, daily to call through our lives to make sure we have right standing. Are you truly, as you say, good with God? Are you really see, all you have to do is look over your life honestly. Are you living right? Or are you of the camp talking about, well, listen, only, only God can judge me. He knows my heart. Exactly. And that's the problem. He does knows the heart. Listen, Jeremiah. Jeremiah 17, 9 through 10, the heart is deceitful, above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. Amen. I'm telling you, beloved, the Lord Jesus Christ and the Father is no one to play with. Listen, he is not your best buddy. He is not the man upstairs. He's not the big guy in the sky. Listen, he is holy God and he has standards that if we do not walk in obedience and listen, it don't no. it won't matter that we utter with our mouths, Lord, Lord, because the Lord Jesus Christ, he ain't hearing none of that on the day of judgment. He already knows you are a hypocrite. And he says, those he puts to his left, they will have their place with the hypocrite. Oh, beloved, listen. Okay. Back over here to Romans 6. I'm not going to read the whole chapter, although I want to. But I got to get over to 1 John, okay? So listen, right? Verse 8. Now, did I read that? Right, right, right. Now, if we have died with Christ. No, 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 no. I was further along than that. Right, I was down here. In verse 12, listen, therefore, right? Because, right, in verse 11, Paul was saying, even so consider yourselves to be dead to sin and your relationship to it broken, but alive to God in unbroken fellowship with him in Christ Jesus. Therefore, therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies so that you obey its lusts and passions. And do not go on offering members of your body to sin as instruments of Of wickedness, but offer yourselves to God in a decisive act as those alive raised from the dead to a new life, and your members as instruments of righteousness yielded to God. Verse 14 sums it all up. Beloved, Paul is saying, Our members, all of our abilities uh, sanctified and set apart as instruments of righteousness yielded to God. Verse 14, for sin will no longer be a master over you since you are not under law as slaves, but under unmerited grace as recipients of God's favor and mercy amen and yes holy spirit i hear that just because we are under god's unmerited grace being recipients of his favor and mercy now no, we do not continue in sin and practice sin as a habit, so that God's gift of grace may increase and overflow. Absolutely not. Amen. And listen, you all can finish out chapter six of Romans. What I say? Yeah. I mean, yeah, 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 bro. <laughs> Romans chapter 6, you all go finish it out, but I'm going to leave us with the last verse, okay? Because to me, Paul was like, after it is all said and done, right? He reminds us this one sobering thought. Because again, if we think God is playing, keep it up. For the wages of sin, verse 23, Romans 6, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God, that is his remarkable, overwhelming gift of grace to believers is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Amen. So. What else I got for you all over here? Yes, we all need to repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Oh, oh, oh. Let me give you some some points, okay? Number one, we are commanded to live holy. And don't let no one, and I don't care if he is your best dressed preacher man, We are commanded to live holy. Yes, we are. Number two, Christ died so that we are set free from the bondage of sin and no longer have God's wrath upon us. Mm -hmm. Number three, Jesus tells us to sin no more. Number four, holiness is not an option. Number five. We do have an enemy, Satan, who stands before God night and day accusing the brethren. Okay? See, I'm giving you these these biblical points. Number six, we are called to be aware of false teachers who are really wolves, wolves, ravenous wolves and sheep's clothing. Number seven, there is consequence for sin, beloved. Yes, eternal separation from God and from the Lord Jesus Christ in the lake of fire for all of eternity where the Bible says the smoke of your torment will rise day and night and there will be no relief for you. Oh, beloved, listen, we must live obedient lives. Listen, it is a good life. This, you know, on purpose, striving every day to to put away, to do away with anything that the Bible says, if you continue to do it, you're gonna perish. This is a Good, good life. Let me tell you. So no, I already hear it. What you teaching is sinless perfection, beloved. Listen, our mindset should be living without sin. It should. Be, it should be on that. Now we all know that. Once Christ returns or we go by the way of the grave, having lived a faithful, obedient life in Christ, yes, our salvation will be complete and we will receive glorified bodies where sin is, is completely done away with. Oh, no, let me, let, let me rephrase that. We know the power of sin was dealt with at the cross. The mere fact that we are still living in these fleshly bodies, we are tempted and, and prone to sin, right? But once we drop the body suit and we are standing before the Lord Jesus Christ, he shall give us eternal life. So in the meantime, in the between time, we live godly holy lives, because we know the day of His coming is fastly approaching. Amen. So, number eight, we are to love God above our flesh, and we are to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. Number nine, we have been commanded in Scripture, do not love this world. Come Out from amongst this world, all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And last but not least, number 10, listen, beloved, we are under a new covenant, a blood covenant that Christ Jesus told his apostles over over here in Luke 22 at the Last Supper, let's read it, okay? When, uh, starting in verse 14 of Luke 22, could, could you see, beloved? We must know what the new covenant is. When the hour for the meal had come, Jesus reclined at the table and the apostles with him. He said to them, I have earnestly wanted to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will not eat it again until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And when he had taken a cup and given thanks, he said, Take this and share it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now on until the kingdom of God comes. And when, verse 19, where we at, Luke 22. And when he had taken bread and given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup. After they had eaten, saying, This cup which is poured out for you is the new covenant ratified in my blood. But listen, the hand of the one betraying me is with mine on the table. For indeed, the Son of Man is going as it has been determined, but woe, judgment is coming to that man by whom he is betrayed and handed over. Uh huh. And they began to discuss among themselves which one of them it might be who was going to do this. Amen. So, beloved, as I'm about to close out, let us come over here to first john chapter two right i'm not going to read the whole chapter but i'm just going to touch on some highlights namely in verse two okay first john two verse two and he that same jesus is the propitiation for our sins the atoning sacrifice that holds back the wrath of God that would otherwise be directed at us because of our sinful nature, our worldliness, our lifestyle, and not for ours alone, but also for the sins of all believers throughout the whole world. Amen. Beloved, you got to understand that Christ was the propitiation. That means because of what he did, his act of sacrificing his life. Because let us remember, the Bible teaches that God's God's justice demands payment for sin. I apologize, beloved. I had to stop and record and stop again. But Christ, what he did for us over 2,000 years ago, that act, it appeased God's anger. Because again, God's justice demanded punishment for sin. Who was going to pay this price? Because we as fallen human beings could not have paid this price. Only a perfect, sinless lamb could have ever paid the price. And because of his atoning sacrifice, well, it pleased God. And we know he was pleased and accepted Christ's sacrifice by raising him from the dead. Amen. And so if we come down to verse 3 john is saying and this is how we know daily by experience that we have come to know him to understand him and be more deeply acquainted with him and then there's a colon because he's about to identify how we will know that we have come to know christ jesus if we habitually keep focused on his precepts and obey his commandments his teachings listen whoever says i have come to know him but does not habitually keep focused on his precepts and obey his commandments his teachings is a liar and the truth of the divine word is not in him but whoever habitually keeps his word and obeys his precepts and and treasures his message in its entirety in him that one beloved the love of god has truly been perfected it is completed and have reached maturity amen so beloved finish finish out what's this chapter chapter two Mm -hmm. because chapter verse 15 right of first john 2 listen we have been commanded to not love this world All, all that is in the world we are not to have any dealings with it Although we are in the world, but we are not a part of it. So he says down in verse 17, the world is passing away and with and with it, it's lust, the shameful pursuits and ungodly longings but the one who does the will of god and carries out his purposes live forever amen so let us come over to chapter 3 what can we glean out of chapter 3 because beloved over here who is this john is making it clear how we can identify and tell apart who the children of God are and who the children of the devil. Because, beloved, listen, it don't matter what's coming out of our, mouth, our mouths. We can claim that Jesus is our Lord and Savior. But if your lifestyle, if what you're working with, does not line up with what John is about to tell us, how we can tell the difference between the two, you're not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. So I would really love to to delve into this chapter, but time is against me. But listen, let us glean from some crucial verses. Listen, verse 4, right? Everyone, that means everyone who practices sin also practices lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. So what is lawlessness? Well, he tells us it is ignoring God's law by action or neglect or by tolerating wrongdoing, being unrestrained by his commands and his will. Amen. So you know that he appeared in visible form as a man in order to take away sins. And in him there is absolutely no sin, for he has neither the sin nature nor has he committed sin or acts worthy of blame. Now look at verse 6. Because again, the Christ is not putting up with hypocrisy on the day of judgment. Because you see, he's not coming back as Savior. Oh, no, no, no. He's coming back As the appointed and designated judge. Judge. So listen. Okay. Verse 6. No one. Okay. And John means no one. Who abides in him. Who remains united in fellowship with him. Deliberately. Knowingly. And habitually practices sin. No one who habitually sins has seen him or known him. Amen. So what is John talking about here? Well, he's talking about those who do not abide in Jesus Christ. Well, guess what they be doing, doing they habitually go on sinning but those who are abiding in Christ Jesus who have a united fellowship with him well guess what they do not deliberately knowingly and habitually sins sin they don't why what makes them so different from those who are not abiding in christ well that's the answer because they are not abiding in christ there is a distinction yes this is not judging this is a distinction john is saying no one Who abides in Christ? Well, are you abiding in Christ? Well, then why are you willfully, deliberately, on purpose sinning? Because John says, anyone who abides in Christ, they do not deliberately, knowingly, and habitually practice sin. No one who habitually sins, guess what? No one who habitually sins has seen him or known him. And you see, beloved, that's true. Because that's where I was. I was habitually sinning and I did not know the real Jesus Christ. But now that I've truly seen that error of my ways... I do not make it a practice to willfully go on sinning just like you, beloved. You also do not make it a practice to go on sinning. Why? Because we have a bona fide, certified, united relationship, a deep relationship with the Lord and and for the fact that we listen to him we follow and we obey him so if he tells us in his word what will disqualify us from inheriting the kingdom of God well we avoid it like the plague we say "Uh uh-uh no we ain't doing that Mm -mm." We don't care if the whole believing community believes it's okay, we ain't doing it. Why? Because none of y'all died and shed your blood for us. So if Christ says no fornicator, no idolator, no adulterer, no uh effeminate man, no homosexual, no greedy, covetous person, no thief, no drunkard, no reviler, that's a slanderer, and no extortioner, no swindler will inherit the kingdom of God, no murderer, no liar will inherit the kingdom, but their place will be in that lake of fire, will we stay away, from those practices yes why because we are taking our salvation seriously listen beloved we ain't got time to be messing around oh no so verse 7 1st John 3 little children believers dear ones do not let anyone lead you astray okay Listen, the one who practices righteousness, the one who strives to live a consistently honorable life in private as well as in public and to conform to God's precepts is righteous. See, beloved, that one is righteous just as he is righteous. Now look at verse 8. I'm telling you, beloved, listen, all we have to do is come to the word of God for truth and accuracy. The one who practices sin, separating, listen, it can't be any clearer. The one who practices sin, separating himself from God and offending him by acts of of disobedience. Beloved, keep in mind, John is talking to believers. But listen, he's talking to those who are spirit filled. He ain't talking to a false convert. He ain't talking to a sinner man, a sinner woman. No, he's talking to the body of Christ. He's saying the one talking to us who practices sin, separating himself from God and offending him by acts of disobedience, indifference, or rebellion, is of the devil and takes his inner character and moral values from him, not God. For the devil has sinned and violated God's law from the beginning The Son of Man appeared for this purpose. You ready? Because John is not about to tell us that Christ came so you can have your best life ever, so that you are never sick. You will have all the lands you want, all the houses and the cars, all the careers, all the money you want. No, He's about to tell us the real purpose for Christ's coming. It is to destroy the works of the devil. And what are the works of the devil? Sin. Sin of which we have been set free from. Remember Romans 6. So, verse 9. Here we go. Here we go, beloved. Listen, no one, okay? No one who is born of God, no one who, listen, no one who is born of God deliberately, knowingly, and habitually practices sin. Why? Because God's seed, His principle of life, the essence of his righteous character remains permanently in him who is born again. Who is reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and set apart for his purpose. And he, okay, listen to the clarification. And he. Who is born again cannot habitually live a life characterized by sin. Why? Because he is born of God and longs to please him. Verse 10, by this, the children of God and the children of the devil are clearly identified. And then there's a colon. Are you ready? Are you ready to tell the children of God from the children of the devil? You ready? Here we go. Anyone who does not practice righteousness, who does not seek God's will in thought, action, and purpose, is not of God, nor is the one who does not unselfishly love his believing brother. Amen, beloved, I don't know about you all, but um, John could not have been any clearer. That's it, beloved. Now you can kick and scream and and you can claim God's grace until you are blue in the face. But if you and I are not practicing righteousness, claiming his name, okay, we better check where we are in the faith because something is up. Something is up because he, he told us children of God, does not make it a practice to live a life that is characterized by sin. He's not saying that we won't ever miss the mark because he tells us, right, in 1 John 1, 9, if we commit a sin, we are to confess it, go to God in repentance, obviously, And he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And guess what, beloved? Many in the body of Christ are living in unconfessed sin, believing every bit of the lie. Once I'm saved, I'm always saved. No man can pluck me out of Jesus' hand. I have eternal security. Well, John just told us, beloved, do not let anyone lead you astray. And you are being led astray with that high-sounding nonsense. You and I keep on disobeying God as a lifestyle and you will see like many have where you where you will spend eternity at. I'ma leave you all with first John chapter five. Let's see what can we glean from this chapter. Okay. Because first and foremost, it talks about God is love. Mm-hmm. Verse 8, the one who does not love has not become acquainted with God, does not and never did know him, beloved, for God is love. Amen. He is the originator of love and it is an enduring attribute of his nature. Amen. Listen, verse 9, where we at? First John 5 by this the love of God was displayed in us in that God has sent his one and only begotten son the one who is truly unique amen and beloved what makes Christ Jesus so truly unique it is because he was the only person born of to a woman who was a virgin when she gave birth to a baby. The only one, the only begotten Son of God. No one has ever been born of a virgin who who never been, now come on, we we are grown, right? Who has never been penetrated by a man's, reproductive organ and yet had a baby how is that possible he must have been born of the spirit and he was that was what makes Christ Jesus so unique so by this the love of God verse 9 1 John 5 by this the love of God was displayed in us in that God has sent his one and only begotten son, the one who is truly unique, the only one of his kind into the world, so that we might live through him. Amen. Verse 10. Look at this. In this, in this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation that is the atoning sacrifice and the listen satisfying offering yes for our sins listen fulfilling God's requirement for justice against sin and guess what else that Christ's sacrifice did it placated God's wrath That means, okay, it calmed him down for the lack of a better word. It was able to to pacify his righteous demand. Payment must be made for sin. And Christ became the thing, if you will, okay, that his atoning sacrifice was the only thing that could have calmed God down in his rage, his holy, righteous indignation. none, None of us could have calmed him down, if you will, if you will, but only what Christ did, it placated his wrath. Oh, beloved. Listen, verse 11. If God so loved us in this incredible way, we also ought to love one another. Yes. Oh, beloved. Listen, study this whole chapter out. Listen. What else? What else can we glean from out of here? Okay, Okay, look. Verse 20. And then I'm going to let y'all go. Listen, if anyone says, I love God and hates, that means working against his believing brother, he is a liar. You don't love God and you hate the brethren? Who is this? John just called you a liar. Yes, he did. He says, if anyone says, I love God and hates His brethren, he is a liar. Yes, for the one who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God whom he has not seen. Verse 21, And this commandment we have from him, that the one who loves God should also unselfishly, love his brother, and seek the best for him. Amen. Well, beloved, I believe, I truly believe enough has been said. Amen. Father, oh, in the name of Christ Jesus, we truly love the brethren. You show us daily what true abiding love looks like. It is sacrificial, not expecting anything in return. That's agape. Oh, Father, thank you for your mercy. Thank you that as a family whose head is Jesus Christ, that we can do good works. That we don't have to fight and bicker among each other, and most certainly we should not be slandering the brethren. We should do what the Bible says if we have aught with one another, we go to one another, and we most certainly do not drag each other to court for what so that the pagans can settle a matter that is spiritual absolutely not oh father o wake your children up give us give us more insight father give us tender hearts to love one another so that if any one of us are going the wrong way, may we receive correction with with love, with the love that it is coming in. It's not coming in condemnation. Father, I'm talking about your, your true bona fide children who truly love the brethren, that when we see any one of us going the wrong way, we come strong with it and say, what you doing? You know that don't please the Father the gifts and the callings that he has given to us. We don't prostitute them. We don't, we don't take any of these gifts to merchandise one another with. Oh, Father, so much can be said. I pray for your mercy. And I pray for, for my brothers and sisters that we remain faithful to Jesus until the bitter end. It will be better later. But in the meantime, in between time, we must live clean. We must live holy. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace that we will not distort because your grace teaches us to reject all ungodliness, all worldly and moral desires. It teaches us to live sensible Practical, godly, upright lives as we await our blessed hope, the return of Jesus Christ, who died on Calvary's Hill as a lamb being led to slaughter, who was unblemished. Thank you for your sacrifice, Lord may we live our lives in complete surrender may we put away all sin may we not partake of the devil's table drinking from his cup of iniquity may it be detestable in our mouths to utter such things have mercy on us today father bless your holy name glory be to God. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, beloved. Repent and believe. Stop sinning and turn back to God. Be not deceived. God won't be mocked. If we continue to sow to this nasty, stinking flesh from the flesh, we shall reap Eternal destruction. Let us walk with Holy Spirit. Let us be consecrated and sanctified. Don't grieve him. Let the process happen. Be willing to be gutted out. Be willing to come up out of any relationship that that God said is unholy. Let us be mindful that we only have but a short amount of days of our lives left. Let us be reminded of Ephesians 5, where you at? Ephesians 5, 15 to 16, look carefully then how you walk not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Amen. Amen. All right, beloved, Lord willing. Until next time, I shall be speaking to you all soon. Praise the living God. Bye for now.